It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? Before we jump into today's podcast, I want to let you know that we've got this awesome Prospects Podcast, the Locked On MLB Prospects Podcast, and with opening day being yesterday for the minor leagues, there is no better podcast to keep up with the goings-on of all the different farm systems around Major League Baseball than what Aram Layton brings to you each and every day. Check out the Locked On MLB Prospects Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Sorry I'm getting this out a little bit later on in the morning of the day of an early day game. So we're not going to talk a ton about Uh, previewing today's game because it's very likely you're either listening to this after the game, maybe while you're watching the game. That'd be kind of cool. But uh, we're going to focus a lot on last night. Plus, I've got a couple of overarching thoughts about the season. One about the pitching and uh, not going to really harp on some stuff, but I've got an observation that uh, the Reds have kind of made this bed and now we're going to have to lay in it. We're going to get to all of that here in just a minute. Before we do, though, make sure that you're following the podcast on whatever platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. For questions, comments, reactions, we're going to have an extended Jeff's Junk Mail segment this Friday. Pretty much, let's call it the Jeff's Junk Mail episode. Because uh, I've, I've got a little bit behind on my mail. We're, we're going to be answering that all day on Friday. All right. Last night, um, oh, I'm not going to go too crazy deep into the analysis because the Reds just got rocked. I mean, Dylan Cease just absolutely destroyed them. Whether it be on the pitcher's mound or in the batter's box, Dylan Cease was all over the place. Six innings, 11 strikeouts, and if not for a line shot down the right field line that landed in fair territory for a single, then he had a no-hitter going because Tucker Barnhart was the only red to get a hit last night. He had a multi-hit game, good for Tucker. He had a single and a double, but he was the only red who had a hit. Dylan C. shut him down, and then the White Sox bullpen came in and finished the job. And then, then C. set the plate. He went three for three, and he was asked in the postgame about hitting because obviously he's an American League pitcher. He doesn't hit. And he said, that's the first time I've seen live pitching since my senior year in high school. I, I don't know if we call that really live pitching because he was killing it. Looked like batting practice for him up there. He had two singles and a double and a couple RBIs. But yeah, Dylan Cease had three hits. The Reds had two hits yesterday. There's a couple of things that that's all you need to know. We got free pizza. That's pretty much uh, the that and Tucker Barnhart's multi-hit game were really the only two positives you could take from it. But that was a tip-your-hat kind of day to Dylan Cease and the White Sox. Hopefully the Reds... Uh, can get one, and hopefully, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, hopefully they have gotten one back against the White Sox on 
Wednesday. But looking at that game gave me some kind of perspective. Because coming into this year, one of the themes and one of the terms, maybe baseball buzzword if you want to call it that, was something that we heard a lot. And this was first from Brandon Bailey. He gave this word to me was Spincinnati. And I was thinking in terms of what Spincinnati would mean in the short term. I was hoping that that meant that we were going to get a bunch of diamonds in the rough and, and this bullpen was going to surprise some people. And this, this pitching staff was going to surprise some people. I think Spincinnati is almost more of a long game type thing. Because at least here recently, we've really seen that the pitching staff has holes. There, there are some guys on here that really aren't doing the Reds any favors. And I love, I, I love rooting for Jose De Leon. He's an awesome dude. Like listening to all his post game press conferences or pre games or whatever you got, he is a fun guy to root for. But as far as what he has given the Reds on the field, it kind of looks like he needs to be sent down to AAA. And then you got Sal Romano. That he doesn't have any options left. Chances are he'd probably still clear waivers and make it to AAA, but he just doesn't seem to be helping too much right now. I mean, he's only getting pitched in just the biggest of blowout situations and things like that. They're not relying on him for any close game uh, relief pitching. So maybe you can utilize that Louisville Calvary and bring up a couple of fresh arms and see what you got in him. Because when it comes to this bullpen, they've sort of cheaped out a little bit. And I want to expound on that uh, here in just a minute. Uh, but, but, but the way that they've performed, the different guys who are coming out in close games, whether they be you know, Sean Doolittle, who the Reds got on a minor league deal, and now he's making the major league minimum, or... Whether you've got uh, guys that you're just kind of hoping, like Carson Fulmer, can rediscover what it was that made him a first-round draft pick, that this Spincinnati thing almost looks more like a long game than this season. And that's not as promising as I was hoping for. I've got some more thoughts on that. We're going to expound on that here in just a minute, but before I do that, I wanted to talk about something that I've been telling you guys a lot about for a while, and that is Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market, and it's healthy for you too. You look at the stats, it's low in fat, low in sugar, low in carbs, and high in protein. It's going to transform your snack game when you take a look at Built Bar. And they've got amazing flavors like cherry bar, sea. You bite into it, you taste that cherry, you taste that chocolate because there's 100% real chocolate on every single one of Built Bar's products. Check them out today, BuiltBar.com, and use the promo code LOCKED15 so you can see just how good these Built Bars really are because you'll save 15% off your next order. Go to BuiltBar.com. Look at all the flavor. They've got even more than cherry 
Cherry Barcia. If you're a peanut fan, they've got all kinds of different nut flavors. They've got amazing fruit flavors and great chocolate on all of them. BuiltBar.com. And enter the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. Today's episode is also brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings that are sure to bring joy into her life using only diamonds that are responsibly sourced from Botswana. 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. When I looked at these, Michelle Fantasy's ring stood out as the one that I would buy as a gift for my wife. It's so amazingly simple, unique, and cool at the same time. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 at BlueNile.com. Before we jump back into this conversation about where the Reds have put themselves this season, I, I wanted to let you know that you're probably wondering why Amir Garrett and his suspension from Major League Baseball aren't topic 1A today. I'm going to talk about that here in just a minute, but th- this was on the forefront of my mind all game last night. I got the chance. I was at the game, got to enjoy it. You know, there was that little bit of rain delay, but that offered me the perfect opportunity to go get some fry box and eat it without worrying about missing anything from the game. And that was a lot of fun. But uh, overall, had a nice time at the ballpark despite the result of the game. But I never really got too upset with what was happening because Jeff Hoffman had shown through his peripherals that this was coming. And then they brought in Jose De Leon, and De Leon has been struggling lately, and it only made sense that the score just got blown up from there. And Sal has been okay, nothing special. But when you look at this bullpen, when you look at this pitching staff, it's made up of a lot of guys that kind of fit the same bill. Don't get me wrong, I've loved what Heath Hembry has brought to the table in his first couple of appearances as a Red, but are we really going to sit here and say that Heath Hembry is going to hold opponents to nothing all year long? There's a reason that he was available for a uh, minimum deal. There's a reason that Jeff Hoffman was traded for Robert Stevenson. There's a reason that Sal Romano has cleared waivers once in his career already, and stayed with the Reds. The Reds have these guys that are maybe right at replacement level. Maybe some of them are below replacement level. But they have built their roster on this because that's what they've decided to do. We harped all offseason long about Rysel Iglesias and Archie Bradley getting cut and getting traded for Nothing, literally. Like, I think Leonardo Rivas is the only holdover from the Rysel Iglesias trade, and that happened two months ago. And then you look at, or three months ago, whatever. And and then you look at the fact that Bradley was let go, non-tendered. 
simply because the Reds did not want to pay them. They came back and they said, well, we're repurposing this money. The purpose has still not been reallocated. I I didn't see them go out and make any kind of big move because they reallocated that money. And so they told us, this is what we're going to do. We are going to find these bargain bin guys, bring them in here, and we're going to hope. And if you are a listener of the Red Leg Nation radio podcast, shout out to Chad. Uh, He always says this one thing. Hope is not a strategy. They hoped that Sean Doolittle could rediscover the magic that he had a couple of years ago. They hoped that pretty much insert name of any other acquisition that they made this offseason was going to come in and surprise some people, whether it be the Hector Perez's, the CNL Perez's, um, all those different guys. So far, not great. Now, I'm sure that there's a process to this. I'm sure that Derek Johnson is working with these guys each and every day. I don't know how Derek Johnson sleeps, by the way. The Reds have thrown so many reclamation projects at his door. It's like, does he ever sleep? Or is he constantly doing bullpen sessions and and teaching guys and you know getting them to have a better spin rate, all this other stuff? I, I, I don't know. But the way that they have built this pitching staff now is something that we are going to have to live with because they did two things. They cut all that payroll, and then right before opening day, they told us from multiple mouthpieces in multiple ways that they are poor and they are not doing anything. There is no help coming. They are not going to make a trade that financially sets them back. They are not going to make a free agent signing that financially sits them back because they are so obsessed with running this team as a break-even financial organization. And this is where the optimist in me, this is where the part of Jeff Carr that just absolutely believes that the Reds will never lose a game just cannot wrap my mind around because we were entering a period of time where the Reds were supposed to be contenders. We had dealt and we had survived and we had endured years of non-contention with the hope that one day the Reds would be back. And the Reds got to the playoffs last year, but it seems like that's what they're hanging their hat on. And the, the part that I will never understand But the part that seems logical in the explanation is that the pandemic really messed up their finances. And because of that, they had to take a step back. As a fan, that does not compute to me. I don't understand an ownership perspective that does not involve trying to win. But that is what they are telling us. And from a owner's perspective, they probably look at fans like me and they say, well, you just don't get it. And I probably don't. I understand that. I, I don't understand the Castellinis or, or the ownership group that runs the Reds' perspective on this. But I know one thing. There were Major League Baseball teams that did spend, and they're looking pretty all right right now. Why couldn't we do that? Why wasn't that the mantra? Instead, the roster is as it is. There are some great players on there like Castellanos and Votto, and you've got some great pitchers like Castillo and Gray, and you've got some upcoming stars, I think, 
in the next few years they're going to be labeled as stars like Jesse Winker. But overall, there's still plenty of holes. And it doesn't seem like there's going to be any help from the outside coming. It's going to be the same guys who are underperforming. We are just going to bank on them figuring out how to overperform. And while I think we still have the team that is going to give us a really fun summer, there are going to be moments like today, like after last or Tuesday night's loss to the White Sox, their first shutout loss at Great American Ballpark this year, there's going to be these moments where it kind of hits you like, you know what? I wonder how good this team is going to be at the end of this year, and I wonder where this team is going to be next year. Because ownership has told us they're not going to spend money. So where does that leave us? Hopefully, (laughs) that leaves us with a uh, major league type moment where the guys just get together in the locker room and they're like, well, only one one thing left to do. Just got to go win the whole thing. I know there's another word in there, but yeah, you know. Hopefully, something like that can happen because it doesn't seem like uh, they're going to be able to or be willing to make the moves to make this team better. All right, I've got some thoughts. And today has just been a, I think it's because of the rain, maybe blame it on the rain, but I'm just, I'm I'm not as uh, peppy and optimistic as I normally am. But coming up in this next segment, we're going to talk about a little bit more of a farce, this time coming from Major League Baseball. But before we jump into that, I've got a couple of ideas for you to make money off of your sports knowledge. The first comes from betonline.ag. You go there today, set up your profile, and enter the promo code Locked On when you make your initial deposit. They'll give you 50% more on top of that. BetOnline has all of the lines when it comes to Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL. They've also got reality TV. You can bet on award shows if you want to do that type of thing. And with Major League Baseball just roaring on, they've got great lines, whether it be the money line, the run line, or you can even dig into games and find your favorite prop bets. Like if you think Eugenio Suarez is going to hit a home run tonight, check it out today at betonline.ag. Get off the bench and get in the game and start making some cash off of your sports knowledge today. Another great way to make some cash off your sports knowledge is sportstrade.com. They took fantasy sports and the stock market and combined them because when you go to sportstrade.com, it's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. And when you take a look at how it all works, there's two factors. One is a player's statistical performance when it comes to his performance in each game compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. And the second factor is good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. Check out sportstrade.com today. Watch the video on how it works to see all of the details and find your favorite way to go about it because you can pick that penny stock for a rookie with huge upside, or you can grab the blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. That's sportstrade.com. 
Com. All right, so uh, before, and I, I, I don't, I don't even know how to approach this because I, I, y'all know how I feel about this. Y'all agree with me on this. I don't think there's anyone listening to this podcast that doesn't agree that not only should Amir Garrett have not been suspended by Major League Baseball, but Javi Baez should have. And for some reason, maybe they had Angel Hernandez making the call on this, but they got it flipped. They suspended Amir Garrett for seven games. What? Seven games? There's no such thing as let the kids play. Now, you could have looked at that. We, we talked about this the other day. We, you could have looked at that and said that maybe Amir went too far with his celebration, but he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't hit anybody. And throw a baseball at somebody's head like Joe Kelly last year who got suspended for eight games for throwing at a dude's head. So you're telling me that Amir Garrett gets happy about a strikeout. Javi Baez jumps the railing because Amir Garrett is happy about the strikeout and Amir Garrett gets seven games. That is the most backwards logic I've ever heard of. But there's one message that Major League Baseball is portraying to us, and that is they're done with let the kids play. They're done with it. It's, it's no longer a thing. In fact, um, okay, well, maybe they're a little bit confused because I did see a Major League Baseball tweet showing Javi Baez hitting a home run and flipping his bat and being all happy about it, and they're just like, Javi being Javi or something like that. I don't know. They It was some kind of little cutesy tweet or something like that. It's like, stop it. Stop it, Major League Baseball. You stop promoting this idea that you're happy with players celebrating. You're just not. Major League Baseball suspended Jose Alvarado, the Phillies reliever who celebrated a strikeout uh, last week. They suspended him three games, and then after the appeal process was over, they decided that that was unfair, so they reduced it to two. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, it's just an absolute farce, the way that this is being ran. The commissioner of baseball hates baseball. He's trying to run the sport into the ground, and he is actively doing so each and every day. I have no idea why Amir Garrett is suspended in this situation. How is Amir Garrett responsible for Javi Baez hopping the railing and coming onto the field and beginning the fight? Make no mistake about it. Javi Baez did this. Anthony Rizzo was fine with it. Like he was kind of laughing at Amir Garrett. Maybe he knew that Javi Baez had jumped the railing and was coming to his defense. I don't know. But Anthony Rizzo was not provoked by Amir Garrett. So if Amir Garrett strikes out the batter celebrates the strikeout that celebration does not provoke the batter but somebody on the bench jumps the railing and Amir Garrett gets in trouble for that oh my gosh Uh, next time the Reds are playing anybody and that person celebrates anything they should just clear the benches because they'll get that person suspended whoever it was that did the good thing and did the celebration that person's getting suspended not the people who jumped the railing because Major League Baseball has yet to do that. They didn't suspend Yadier Molina. They didn't suspend Javi Baez. They're suspending the instigators, quote unquote. What does that even mean? I, I do not understand Major League Baseball's logic. Of course, Amir Garrett is appealing it, and while he is appealing it, he can continue to pitch. 
But it's in the timing of it's hilarious, too, because it's like we were thinking, OK, maybe Amir Garrett has figured it out now. And Major League Baseball is like, yeah, you're not going to pitch for a week. <sighs> what are we doing? All right. So coming up on tomorrow's podcast, I'm going to be a lot happier. I'm going to be I'm going to have a lot more fun, regardless of whether the Reds lose to the White Sox or whether they clobber the White Sox on Wednesday. Thursday's podcast is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a throwback segment. We're going to look at the upcoming series with the Indians in Cleveland as we conclude the battle for the Ohio Cup. We're going to talk about all of that tomorrow on the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's Lockdown Reds podcast. If you don't already follow, make sure that you're following the podcast on all the many apps and follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr and at Lockdown Reds and Save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone for, for comments, questions, reactions, whatever you've got, 513-549-0159. But that'll do it for us here today. Thanks again, and I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.